Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast, where you learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike. Mike Zlatnik. Today, it is my pleasure and a privilege to welcome Andy Gurchak. Am I, am I pronouncing it correctly, Andy? You are. You actually said it perfectly. Yeah. Good job, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, it's it's you know you, you 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 originally come from sort of the part of the world, Eastern Europe, where I grew up too. You you grew up in Poland. I grew up in Moldova. Yep. So. A little different, but tell us a little bit about UND. You are a CEO and founder of All City Adjusting. Uh, but before we, before we jump into insurance adjusting business, uh, the challenges and the opportunities there, tell folks a little bit about you. Uh, kind of you, 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 obviously where you grew up. Uh, when did Correct. you come to the states? And a little bit about you and your family. Yeah, so a little bit about me. We immigrated to the states in '99. I was about ten years old. Um, came here, you know, had the opportunity. Uh, my parents obviously did it for us. So we had the opportunity to kind of uh, live a better life. And that's what's kind of happened. Um, in the meantime, you know, went to school, uh, worked in construction, met someone that kind of uh, taught me the, the industry of public adjusting um, and started also adjusting. It's been, uh, I think, over 10 years now. Um, have a family, have two boys, one more boy on the, on the way. So it'll be three of them. Two more, I'll have a basketball team. That's kind of how I look at it. Uh, and yeah, so uh, when it comes to also adjusting, we advocate for the for the insured. So our, you know, majority of our clients, our portfolio is is going to be investors, landlords, uh, you know, business owners and um, and that kind of uh, that kind of group. Yeah, that's great. Well, you have a blessed family. That's wonderful. And yeah, I never heard this. If you have a couple more, you have five five boys, it'd be a basketball team. That, that's a I used to, I used to, like, I used to joke around, right? So I'm a big soccer fan that if I you know if I have eleven, I'll have a soccer team. We ain't getting to eleven, but five five. You never know. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, God bless. So that's wonderful. Uh, where where is home? Where 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 do you live? Yeah, so we're out of Crown Point, Indiana which is right outside of Chicago, right outside of Illinois. Um, grew up in Illinois. We moved out to, to Indiana. I have been out here. Now we, uh, now we take care of, uh, we are in 23 states. So we're licensed from California to New York to Florida. Um, probably the 23 most busiest states when it comes to claims we're in. That's great. So uh, all city adjusting, you're a public adjuster. You work for the insured when they have an insurance yes. claim and you deal with the insurance company to justify better payment. Just, let's just, let's go to the basic of the process. Correct. Um, so just explain how, how, what happens yeah. when you get engaged uh, to work on a project? What do you do? Yeah. So for your insurance, they're, they're always going to ask, right? Like, why would I hire someone or why would I call Andy or, or a, a private adjuster when the insurance company is going to send someone, right? They, they're going to assign a public or adjuster. You have to always remember we're we're advocating for the insured. We represent the insured. We do everything for the insured against the insurance because the insurance company has a team, right? And everyone that works for that team is on their side. Whether it's the agent, the adjuster, their vendors, everyone's getting paid by the insurance company. So everyone's looking out. They can't represent both parties. So they're looking out for the insurance interest. And that's the bottom line dollar. Whereas we come in and our interest is to not only maximize the claim to get a large settlement for our, for our client, but also to speed up the process and make sure there is no red flags, there is no delays in the claims process. Because, you know, not only is it going to be a larger sum, 
But if your claim gets settled in two months instead of six months or eight months, I mean, that's huge for an investor, right? Not only to get your money fixed, you get your building, you get revenue coming in, but now you have extra money to buy more properties. Yeah, that's absolutely great points. And I just wanted to comment from my experience with insurance companies, they're bloodsuckers. I mean, they're terrible. At least uh, everything I've seen, they do, the whole goal is to delay, 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 delay. And uh, as you had an uh, insurance claim, you had some damage, uh, something happened, a hurricane went through or some 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 other event, had a fire, and you need cash to repair the property as soon as possible. So the, the speed to getting cash is critical just as much as uh, maximizing the value because you have a mortgage to pay. What often happens, I've seen projects, even in this crazy days of, uh, of increased interest rates, uh, uh, hurricane passes through, damages the property, and the insurance company takes too long, and the interest rates rise, and you were in a bridge loan, and now you have to pay much higher interest rates. So the impact of time value of money is just humongous, and getting uh, a fair uh, settlement is critical because insurance company, like you said, they're just they ain't going to do the work for uh, the insured. They're going to do the least they can. So it's almost crazy uh, the difference in the outcomes of having an adjuster versus not having an adjuster. Yeah, crazy would be not would would not be using an adjuster uh, to have one on your team. Um, that's like again getting in a car accident, you hitting someone and going to court and not getting an attorney to represent you. Right, it's the same thing. I mean, you have to have someone on your team. You, you if people can understand that you're dealing with a billion dollar billion dollar companies. I mean, they're huge. They have the top attorneys. They have the top engineers. And everyone works for them and is getting paid. And if they don't do what the insurance companies dictate, they're not going to be their vendor. They're not going to be on their program. So you have to look who's on your team, who's going to represent you, who's going to actually look out for you. And, and again, you're dealing with a process that you've never dealt with before. And if you did, I'll tell you what, in 10 years, no claim has been the same as in previous claim. Every claim, it's, it has different, it's different on its own matter. It's just, it's a total difference. There's no similarities between the claims. So if you've never handled it, how would you, you know, how can you, how are you going to proceed doing it yourself? Uh, I agree that I'm, I'm totally on board that not getting an adjuster is a crazy thing to do. So let's assume for the moment that folks have an event, um, again, a fire, a hurricane passes through, a tornado, and, and, and whatever, whatever the event damages the property, could be, you know, small residential or multifamily or small or large or uh, office or shopping plaza or health storage. So when, when they engage you, how does it work? Uh, typically, do you work on commission or how does it work? Just yeah. just, just so it's pretty clear that you you, you basically, your interest is aligned with the insured. Um, and do you work on improving it? Let, let's use an example. Insurance company offers a million dollar in settlement on a damage, right? And you come in and say, I will improve that. Do you work on a portion of the improvement, uh, you know, above a million dollars? How does that yes. work? That's a great question, Mike. So both scenarios, right? For for our new clients that come in, usually people will come in. Uh, it's majority of the clients that will come in and, and get on our team. is when They'll, they'll call usually because they've got an offer. It's low. There's something wrong. And then, so what we'll do is we'll do, it's always contingent, right? So our fee is contingent on what we recover. So it is a flat percentage, but it's, if we don't get anything for our clients or nothing extra, there is no fee. 
So we have to do our due diligence, make sure we can actually bring value to our client. So for example, that you've already received a million dollars, we would look at that claim and say, okay, well, we know there's another 2 million we can get you. So we would charge a fee on that amount that we get you extra. So nothing that you received, but on everything extra above that. And then that fee would start at 10%. Um, usually when we're doing the contingent on above extra, it might be 15, 20. Um, but then for majority of our clients that have been with us, our investors, our business owners that call us on, on different properties, it's always a flat 10% because they're calling us day one. They're not even filing without us. They'll call and say, you know, I, I had this happen, this happened. Should we file? Can you inspect it? Um, obviously, if it's a fire, we're filing the claim day one. There's no questions asked, right? But, on you know, when it comes to storm damage, we'll do inspections for our clients to make sure that if they're going to file, we have a high chance of winning and that the claim is going to go well yeah that makes a lot of sense it's almost like uh if you have a you know car accident and and you're not going to go file um a court case without an attorney it's almost unthinkable it's not impossible i mean you can go to small claims court uh but with the insurance companies i've seen people filing uh, claims directly and and they obviously leave so much money on the table it's not even funny but let, let, let's now go to the you know flat fee 10 percent to me, it sounds very reasonable, right? I mean, you either get maybe 15, 20% above certain level, or you get a smaller flat fee on, on the whole exercise. So how, how do you go through the process? You, you get engaged at the very beginning. Uh, uh, is this a, a repeatable process that you follow every time there is a claim of certain type, or do you basically cons consult with some other experts depending on the type of property? Because yeah. One is a residential property, just an example, single family, duplex, quad, triplex, uh, or you go to multifamily, you know, it's a hundred doors or, or 200 doors. Yeah. Uh, or you go into, you know, self-storage. I don't know what damage would be in a self-storage, some kind of a fire uh, or something else. Is there a different process for different asset type? Is there a different process? When it comes to filing claims, yes. Um, when it comes to obviously signing you as a client, no, we have our standard. Uh, contracts in every state. Um, some states govern contracts, some don't. We use usually the same template in every state. Uh, we send the contract once it's signed, that's when we start working. Um, when it comes to the procedure, it's always different, right? Because like, for example, most residential policies are pretty much the same. You know, you have your um, HO2, HO3, HO5. Um, so we know the policies, we'll look through them, but they're pretty much similar. We'll just look if you have what kind of coverages you have. When you really start distinguishing is when you get into the commercial side. Those policies are different, right? For example, we had a fire, a client had his truck business burned down or, you know, a large complex that had storm damage. What we're going to do is look in the policy and see, do they have any exclusions or any other endorsements or anything we should be looking out? Because maybe it's not worth them filing a claim or it's not even beneficial. Right now with, with those large complexes and multi-unit buildings, they're doing really large deductibles. And what they're trying to do is defer those insurance from filing a claim. Because if you have a large deductible, your exterior only makes so much of the damage, you know, so much of the, of the, the premium or the uh, limit you have on your property, it might not be worth filing a claim. You know? So that's, that's kind of you start the solutions between the properties and looking at the policies and what's in the policy. Yeah, makes sense. These exclusions are crazy. I've heard some some obscene situations where uh, insurance companies find ways not to pay a large claim by saying, is it a water damage or a wind damage? 
and the 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 coverage the the, the insurance might cover water or wind damage but if if if, if a hurricane goes through right it's kind of crazy i've seen, yeah. I don't you've seen these cases but hurricane get, goes through and the wind uh damage is covered in the water and, and the water damage is an exclusion or a separate sub policy and if you didn't have the that coverage they're going to say hey most of the damage is linked to the water so how do you battle these type of uh arguments with insurance company because yes. the wind it's a hurricane that that drove the yeah. the water uh through the form the form of a rain or sometimes push the the flood uh the, the storm surge to flood the yeah. property so i'm just curious like how, how have you dealt with these situations and yeah of course when, when we Mike, when we can get in front, when we're in the beginning starting the claim for our clients, we're leading the case, right? So the way we discuss the loss and describe what happened gets a loss covered. Because, for example, you call, you had a broken pipe, right, in your house. Again, broken pipe doesn't come to someone's mind, right? All you're going to call your insurance and say, I had a flood. I had water running everywhere. We got a bunch of water. There was a flood. You didn't have a flood. You had a broken pipe. Flood is not covered, broken pipe is covered, right? So we get calls all the time when people have been denied because they all they did was just use the wrong words. So if we're taking one of those claims that you just discussed, if we're handling it from the beginning, then we have a leg up. Then we know how to proceed and get the right experts in there. What happens, what's hard is when we get calls, and this happens all the time, is, hey, you know, it's been six months, my claim is denied. Okay, what happened? Well, they sent out an adjuster, then another adjuster. Now they sent out two engineers. So now we look at the all the documents, and it's our word against four different, you know, two experts, two engineers, and two adjusters. What do you do, right? Those are hard to overturn. You really need good experts. So those, then it's going to be on the insured. Do you want to hire an independent expert, bring him in? And it still doesn't guarantee us anything because now he's going to have to overturn their those two engineers' opinions. So it's... It gets very, uh, it gets very complicated in those, in those, uh, in those uh, types of claims. Yeah, makes scenarios. sense. Um, uh, I've seen some ugly insurance uh, delayed uh, strategies. So, how do you deal with it if insurance company is effectively just, just, just delaying? Um, yeah, getting another adjuster, getting another party, yeah. just taking the time to find every opportunity to delay. Um, obviously coming up with low ball numbers. Um, yeah. You're coming up with strong numbers and they're coming in with low ball numbers. How do you, how do you settle with them? How, how do you, because it's a matter of opinion and, and, and their experts saying, Hey, this renovation will cost a million dollars. And, and your, your estimates, the renovation will cost $2 million. So it's a, it's a big difference. Again, so I'm just using any multifamily property. Of course. Yeah. How do you, how, you know, how do you force a, a settlement? How do you force them to, to, to pay up sooner and pay up more? What do you when do? It starts, when it starts with the estimate, Mike, it's it's having a team of experts. Like, you know, we, we've built a team of, of people. You know, our, our senior estimator was was one of a, was a large loss adjuster for one of the biggest insurance companies. He traveled the world for them. He was one of the top ones. So he's with our, with our company. So having credibility and having the right documents and being able to support your case is how you get claims paid, right? On residential uh, claims, there's so much you can, uh, they're going to lowball everyone, right? So we, but those are easier cases to prove. Really, we're, we're, we'll shine is on the commercial side because it, they don't have enough manpower. They don't have enough adjusters that have the knowledge because they're taking away those senior guys that have been doing it for years and they're, you know, they're letting them go and they're bringing in all these young adjusters and, and, you know, just giving them computers. So they're coming in. They have no idea what they're looking at. And each commercial property is built differently. 
whether we're doing, for example, a fire at a church, right? I mean, you're, you're talking a whole different build. We had to, you know, it took us weeks just to figure out how the roof was composed from the, uh, from the bottom to the top because it was so intriguing, the builder that originally built it, right? Those properties, that original adjuster that came out to that property actually wrote a really quick estimate and said, hey, I, if they take it, great. Otherwise, I, you know, this is the best I can do. And then we got hired. They brought in another expert to, to consult with us. And yeah, it makes sense. So uh, I, I guess it, it's it's the expert versus expert opinion in in uh, justifying your case. And uh, do you ever wind up litigating? I'm just curious. Correct. Insurance companies can can say, "Hey, listen, this is our opinion. This is our offer. Take yeah. it or leave it." And uh, you think it's worth more? What do you do then? Yeah. So we'll always try to exhaust all our options. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going as far as we can. We'll push the claim and really work every angle we can. Then we have the appraisal process that, that every policyholder has that they can go appraisal if there's a dispute in amount. And then, you know, 2% of our claims will go to litigation because unfortunately, excuse me, even though we've proved our case and we know we're right, it just, they just will, they, they'll, they'll just stone block. They'll just say, nope, we're not doing anything else. So then the insured has no option, right? And then we'll, you know, we'll send a couple of referral of, of, uh, of uh, attorneys. The insured has the right to choose any attorney they want. Our case is, is built for litigation. And when I say that, I don't mean, you know, we build our case just to represent it to go to litigation, but we build it that if it does go litigation, there's proof of bad faith. There's proof of this claim should have been paid. So the attorney then has a has a case ready to move forward. So when our attorneys see our case, you know, they, they'll take, They'll take cases on contingency just like us. So the clients aren't paying anything up front because, again, the attorney's taking the contingency on our file that they'll win with presenting everything to them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and the contingency payment obviously helps because one of the biggest concerns, one of the deterrents to litigate is that if it's a small dollar amount, you know, case, an example would be, uh, you know, house fire and you believe it's worth, you know, four hundred thousand dollars is is a damage that needs to be covered. An insurance company offers two hundred two hundred thousand dollar spread, uh, a full litigation just to go to to, to through a full process may cost two hundred thousand dollars. I mean, sometimes sometimes litigations take very long time and substantial amount of money. So litigating for small amounts. So this is an example of two hundred thousand. What if the delta is, I don't know, fifty thousand? It's very becomes very difficult to litigate. It doesn't make Correct. any economic sense. So I guess only. Few larger cases are worth potentially litigating. So, and different and different states have different laws, right? Some states are more friendly, and there's more laws, bad faith, punitive damages. Some states like Illinois, there's not much an attorney can hang on. If the case isn't a large enough or, or a large amount, it's hard for them to take the small cases, and I see why. Because they're, they're just they, there's nothing. I mean, by the time they get paid and everyone gets paid, the, the client's going to be left with nothing. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And I know some cases, laws have changed. I'll give you an example of Florida. And you said you do business in Florida. Yes. Florida, a lot of companies just decided to pull out the other business because uh, I think Florida is it's friendly uh, uh, against litigation. Uh, yes. Uh, for Against the insurance companies. And it's crazy. The insurance premiums are through the roof. And uh, uh, companies don't want to do business in Florida. Uh, for the okay. reasons that uh, it's just a very difficult state for the insurance companies to do uh, business uh, in. So there are a few state-owned insurance companies, but it's kind of like, I guess you got to know the market before you 
of course. Yes. And if they and if they paid fairly and they handled yeah. claims fairly, there would be no litigation. If the claims for litigation happens, it's because they're acting in bad faith. They're not paying claims the, the way the public adjuster business, the sector. I mean, uh, I mean, I think it's doubling every year, and in, 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 in terms of how many uh, people are are actually be getting into the public adjusting business, having their license, because again, it's just there's just so much bad faith. There's just so much bad claim handling that it's making litigation or, you know, attorneys and public adjusters just, you know, bringing in more work for us. Yeah, I hear you. At least my observation is that insurance premiums are going up and up and up, and then the payment process is getting more and more difficult. It's almost like um, insurance companies uh, are in the business of marketing, getting the revenues, and on the other side, they just don't want to pay claims. It's almost ridiculous how uh, difficult can it be. And I've seen enough cases where, it is a multi-year battles on commercial projects. And in the meanwhile, you got a situation where uh, you got to, you know, pay pay the mortgage and you have to keep the property afloat. Meanwhile, the insurance company is the uh, is the vampire who sucked out all the blood and they don't want to pay. And it is not a fun situation to, uh, it's a long battle from time to time. I mean, I've seen them and I don't think it's getting better. Like you said, that just more and more people are, required to be fighting insurance companies. It, it, it's almost a crazy, um, uh, it, it's just, it, it's kind of, a, it, it is a common sense, but at the same time, um, it is not. It, it's like this, when you're buying insurance, uh, and I've gone through the process on a personal level and on projects, uh, people battle, you know, what do they do? Do they go with the least expensive option and insurance company that's just, you don't know if they're going to pay and how difficult they're going to pay versus, there are more expensive options, and you would think that a more expensive option pays better, but not necessarily. I've seen the expensive options put up right. a big fight too. Every carrier is putting up a big fight, and you asked—you actually said something earlier, but you asked me how do we help? Not you were asking about the estimate writing or presenting the case in terms of settling an amount, but also how to speed up the process, right? Or so it's not getting delayed. Well, the one thing we can't. Do or not, no attorneys can do, and it's very frustrating that we're seeing is they're putting people under oath, right, and investigating clients. And there's nothing you can do to speed up that process because there's nothing in in statutes in the states that say you have to, you know, they have so much time to investigate, right? And they'll hire an attorney, put under oath. The attorney is going to take three, four months to do an under oath, investigate it. There's no timeline, and it's all we can do is kind of push it, follow up and say, what's going on? When is this going to get, when can we expect stuff and really just push our file to the top, but there's no statutes to hold them to. So when they turn it over to a third party like that, it's like, they know that, that now they got all the time in the world. Yeah. That's a very disturbing point. I guess this is, a, this is something that insurance companies use all the time to stall the case by, investigating whether the owner caused the fire, right? Which is as crazy as it sounds. Uh, it, it, it's a legitimate pretense uh, that they want to make sure they're not getting defrauded at the same time. Uh, the, these uh, these attorneys' job is not necessarily to do anything other than delay, 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 and uh, especially if they get paid per hour. <laughs> they want to clock their own hour, hours of work. It's, it's Yeah, it's, it's a painful, very painful uh, point in the process. That's so that's one tactic. And then you have the, the, the other tactic they use now is 
instead of having adjusters, right? Because adjusters have to be licensed and they're and they're held to a different standard in most states. Well, now they're like, well, why don't we hire adjusters or have our own? We'll just hire consultants or contractors, vendors, they call them, right? Because consultant will come, give his estimate or give his opinion, and they're like, well, this is our estimate. Well, he's wrong or he's doing this. Well, he's not an adjuster. He's just our consultant. So they're clearing their hands basically by hiring all these third-party non-adjusters to do their dirty work because no one can hold them. You can't call the Department of Insurance on them. They're a consultant. They're not an adjuster. They're not independent. They're not, it, you know, there's a loophole there. Yeah, I appreciate all these uh, insider uh, knowledge, information, or (laughs) the pain points of what insurance companies do. And I guess that's why it's so much uh, more important for folks to use an an adjuster uh, like you to help with their process. So how would folks get a hold of you? Um, uh, How how is there a website for all city adjusting? What's the best way to reach out for, for your listeners if they want to if they even just type in all city adjusting uh to google they can google our you know they can go on our website um all city adjusting.com uh, they can catch us on other podcasts on facebook um and you know for your listeners i'll leave them with my direct line they can call if they have questions even to look over a policy we do that for insurance when they call us new clients we'll look through their policies make sure there's any exposed liabilities um but yeah i can be reached at 708 708- 655-4186-708-655-4186. That's literally my direct number. I can you know help anyone out as much as I can so far. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Appreciate you sharing. Very interesting information. And uh it is an important topic. It's not it's not a fun topic to deal with when you have an insurance claim, but when you do, I think this type of help is critical to the success of the claim. So thank you again for sharing. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on. It's good to get the word out. It seems like it's getting more and more out there where people are getting more aware that this is what's happening in their insurance world and they actually know that there's someone out there to help them. So thanks for having me uh, having me on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fun Book, head to BigMikeFun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's slot name. Keep listening and keep investing Big Mike style. See you on the next episode.